are going to be in the series then? Just two. Are you sure? It's going to be a duology. What if, what if duology. readers demand more? Well, I've, I've made it that there will be a spinoff. Oh. Oh. Any details you want to share on that? Uh, Izzy should actually know about that spinoff because I've sent her some pictures. Yes. But you're not going to tell me? No. Oh. Well, I'll, 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 I'll say a few things if you want to, like, you know, bring it out through through the evening. I, you know me. I'm curious. <laughs> I have to know all the details. I can't not know something. It drives me insane. Here's the box. Just don't look in the box. <sighs> What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. If you're going to be stubborn, then we'll, we'll get it out of you. We'll get it out of you. But for everyone else, welcome. It's another episode of Spilling Ink. We are the talk show that takes you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. And you guys should definitely recognize this face down here, Mr. Derek Bourne. This guy? Yes. Who is this guy? You, you, the man of the hour. You know, since you posted The Sound of Dinosaurs with the whole thing, I have not gotten Sound of Music out of my head today. The book is alive with the sound of dinosaurs. Dinos. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it just it felt right. And then I had that little graphic with the claw marks. That I love it. Yeah, it's great. Reminded me of it. Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. when is the next one coming out? Are you guys excited for that? Uh, supposed yeah. to be in June. Yeah, it's soon. <gasps> I'm very excited. So really soon. Ooh. It looks good. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the legacy characters back. Yes. Yes. If, as long as they get more than a cameo, because I was really upset in the last one that it was just kind of like a, a throwaway scene that didn't even belong. From what I've heard, basically Jurassic World Dominion follows their story and the new characters like Chris Pratt and everybody else, their story. But then it converges kind of like Seinfeld. You know how they all have right. their own okay. storylines and I they like finally that, come together. They, like, cross. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So I'm excited to see how they all interact. Okay. Me too. I'm just excited because I love this, the, the whole series. I've watched every oh, movie so many times throughout my life. I What can we say? Everybody loves dinosaurs. Yeah. Jurassic Park 3, eh. eh. It was okay. It was fun. It had its yeah. time. It had its place. Yeah. It was a fun addition. Yeah. I think we get too critical on movies these days. True. Like we, we really True. tend to nitpick them to death and, and you lose some of the enjoyment. It does That's really good. flesh out some of the lore of Jurassic Park, though. Knowing that there was a second island where they were doing more than just a few things to bring dinosaurs back to life. And actually, if you watch Camp Cretaceous on Netflix, it is canon to Jurassic Park. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Even though it's technically kind of a kid's show, if you're a diehard Jurassic Park fan, it ties a few other things together. I know what I'm watching tonight. So, uh, <laughs> I didn't even know about that. You said it's on now. Netflix? Uh, it is on Netflix, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then I know what I'm watching tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. I need more distractions from work. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to type lately... a sentence. Uh, next episode, Camp Yeah. I've earned the next episode. I wrote there a paragraph. Thank you very much. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Love it. That's what I tell myself. That's how I made it through the entire season one of The Gilded Age in a day. Uh. Don't have much words to show for it. You know, progress, <laughs> not perfection. That had to become my mantra. So as long as you're making progress, even if it's slow, yep. still progress. Yeah. yeah. And you're allowed probably. to have some kind of work-life balance. Because I tend to be the workaholic type who just like gets lost in my little world. And then I don't know what's going on outside of it. And I'm like, oh, balance, right? Yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. What is that? Mm. It's mm. a work in progress for sure. I'll be nope. deep into like a chapter at some point, And then Alicia just goes, are we doing anything together tonight? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. sorry. Okay. Close Make laptop. Time for your wife. I know. I know. I know. I do. It's the I odd know. time where I'm just like in the zone and it's like, yeah. I need to get, I know. And it feels so good to like, I know, get it yeah. done. Yep. It, it's yeah. hard to be a person in a relationship with a creative type. Yeah. Hmm. They they really do have to be very understanding because like you said, with the, when you're in the zone, you, you can't, be disturbed when you're in the zone it's so no. hard to get into the zone 
Yeah, yeah, I've had to learn how to structure myself and like be like, okay, I'm keeping office hours because yeah, otherwise I'd work all the time. I love to work; it's my passion. I'm an artist. I created this this career around it. I'd love to do it all the time, but I also enjoy my time with my significant other. I enjoy mm -hmm. some life experiences that ultimately enrich us to be artists. Yeah. So it is important to allow time for that, and I've gotten yeah. better about that. It it took me a long time to get here, though. I still yeah. struggle with it, but yeah. yeah. I've told people, always. Yeah, I've said, you know, there's more to life than a book. There is. As much as books are part of what we do, there is more to life. Well, that is makes there? me circle right back to um, to Ready Player One. I was just talking about how I got VR headsets. Me and my boyfriend both did for our anniversary. And the whole theme at the end of that is like, okay, as wonderful as this imaginary world is, don't forget to have a life in mm -hmm. the real world. And it's true. Yeah, keeping fostering those real relationships and yep. those are important. Well, before we get too deep in the weeds, we should probably introduce you. Oh right! We oh gosh, <laughs> who this are we? I don't even Isabella know. Tubman. We're talking heads. Oh, the thank you. It's true. I'm the only one that I know of with this name. So, I mean, yeah, but I mean, the the in front of it, Isabella Tugman, is just it. It has it a lot level. of importance there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thank you for introducing me. I thought I was just a random talking head. No, in. No, no. We I'm tend to do that, that because we, we like to just have conversation here. We don't like to do like the interviews like, okay, next question and right, go. Right, right. We keep it well, natural. Yeah. Do you like, know okay, everything yeah. that she can do though? Do you know everything that she can I do? I would love to know. Tell us more. I need to know everything. So the one day we were talking on Facebook Messenger and I discovered her YouTube channel. And I saw her singing in, in school, what, university, college? Uh, probably all of it high school university yeah okay and as i'm listening to her singing i'm going okay we haven't really talked phantom of the opera yet so i asked her i said you know that really high note that christine does that the phantom like kind of brings out of her down in the catacombs and i said can you do that yeah she says to me it when i practice i can hit that note I, yeah. that just floored me i haven't yeah. heard it yet that's but. a tough one. Well, I'm a little out of practice right now. So admittedly, it's not going to come out right this second. But okay. yeah, I, I mean, I'm a coloratura soprano. I'm operatically trained, classically trained. And that's what I went to school for, actually. Yeah. That was kind of my career track for a while. And yeah, that's my voice type. So I um, did opera and then kind of switched gears to musical theater. So those classical operatic style musicals are really my wheelhouse. Like Christine, that would be a role that I... I don't want to say a shoe in for. Her. I'm not trying to sound like you she know. needs to be, but that's Do like that's horn. my go for it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, that's be. that's my type. You know, my I always say my my dream role in musicals is Glinda from Wicked, nice. which really kind of inspired me. That's been a huge part of my origin story. Nice. Um, also, being from Kansas and being right. blonde and all of that, but um, yeah, that's my voice type. So I love high notes. It's so fun, and and yeah, I mean. Just audiobooks, I guess, were a natural segue for me because it's the performance. I use my voice. I know how to use my voice in many ways because of my singing background. Um, and it's been great for the pandemic because I can do it at home. But eventually, yes, I would love to get back into singing and musical theater, too, because that's a big part of me. Well, but if they ever you. do a version yeah. of Phantom of the Opera that's just like random people, we should totally do it. Yeah. I mean, I'll play I Phantom. Watch. You play Christine. Great. We'll do it. Yeah, there you go. do it up. I, I just go watch that. <laughs> when are you guys putting that together? Uh, we need mm. to get back into practice. <clears throat> but yeah, It'd be a lot of back and forth from like Arizona to Canada. Canada, I know. Back and forth. That's cool. Mm. Hey, we're living in the digital age. True. All for True. Yeah. I just got to get like a green screen, screen or something. I honestly, I'm like, do I have any real life friends anymore? I'm like, pretty sure all my social acts, uh, social interactions since the pandemic started has been over the internet and i'm like why do i need anything else especially with vr i'm like we don't need to live yeah, right. in the real world <laughs> <laughs> who needs to live in the real world Just have yeah. person to person contact no no we do need some of that that human I'm contact teasing. it is important it is essential i joke but yes i know <laughs> although I, I say this fully admitting that i have been a hermit and enjoying the hermit lifestyle for the last two years so yeah i, I recognize that human contact is kind of important no, it, it really is. And and that's why I'm thankful at least to have my boyfriend in my living space. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm that weird kind of ambivert person where it's like, okay, on one hand, I like my space and I like my little shell, but I'm also extroverted and like people and like to interact. And 
I think the internet has served that as well as like my profession for audiobooks and and all of that. Because hey, I talk to myself like ten different people in a day, so I'm talking to people all day, right? From my yeah. little box. I'm, I'm happy that switch well, gears when it came to uh, the pandemic shutting everything down. Did you immediately jump into audiobooks, or were you already doing it before that? I was thankfully already doing it. It was something I I. I'd always wanted to do, um, well, audiobooks and voiceover in general. Um, but I kind of thought of it as like one of the many things. And then for a while, I was like, no, I want it to kind of be my main career focus for a while and create a good foundation. And then maybe I'll branch off and do some other things. So, yes, thankfully, I was already on track before the pandemic started because then everybody was scrambling to get into this industry when they couldn't work live stage and film and you know all these other performance venues got shut that, down. oh yeah tons of people have flooded into I voiceover and from other uh career tracks too not just performers but people who had major life changes they thought oh i want to work from home i want to hmm. talk for a living it's more complicated than that <laughs> And yeah. people always seem to think it's the easiest thing in the world it's, it's, it's not so, hard. so hard it's so hard no it's i had so, a, a client one so time who, who wanted to do their own audiobook and I, I tried to tell him you don't want to do your own audiobook trust me if you don't have the equipment you don't want to do it i was like here's what you need to do sit down for five minutes and try and read five minutes straight a clean segment of your work and see how hard that is and they yeah. came back the next day or a couple of days later and went, you're right. We need to hire somebody. I'm like, yeah. Well, and all the audio elements too. I mean, I, th I wanted to pull my hair out during my first <laughs> audiobook. It's so hard. And thankfully now I've just, I just stuck with it. I was persistent, but yeah, I, I had this love hate relationship with it. We were like, God, it never ends. It's so hard. And yeah, it's hard. I wouldn't recommend most people narrate their own. Um, some people can, but mm. Yeah, I've done like live yeah. readings of my books online, like Facebook Live or stuff like that. And I've had people tell me you should be reading your own audiobooks. You're one of the few authors. I, I mean, I think you you have the potential to be able to do it performance wise, certainly. Um, but like Katie said, I just don't have the setup. Right. That's yeah. where it, like there's two sides to it. And, and like you, I, I came from a performance background, but I didn't have this technical background. It took me years mm -hmm. to figure this stuff out and a lot of money too right. time and money and, and there's a huge investment that goes into the production side of things so unless you want to hire a studio to do the production side which is going to be very expensive mm -hmm. yep. um why narrate it yourself i don't know um it depends on what you want to spend your time doing some people but even soundproofing is expensive right extremely yeah. yeah first of all soundproofing okay i could get into that maybe you guys don't want to hear about this <laughs> but see this nice ballpark ballpark this is like a nine thousand dollar booth soundproofing is nearly impossible i don't want to say impossible but there's so many things that leak into your booth um, so you can't soundproof very easily. And then there's treatment. There's the way the sound waves bounce off the walls, which will make your space hmm. sound a certain way. And then there's also interference, which is where the soundproofing right. comes in. So people outside, cars, trucks, airplanes, any number of things. Your air conditioning. That's one of the most annoying things. Because, mm. yeah, it, I'm in Arizona. It's freaking hot. You need... <laughs> Air conditioning. So, and right. then Cameron. A lot of people are seriously like narrating in their booths naked because it's so hot because they can't have the oh, gosh. air conditioner. <laughs> TMI, but it's true. Oh. Like it, there's a lot of components to it. Um, and I'm sure yeah, that would help you if you're reading learn. like a romance book. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe a little too literal hmm. getting hot and sweaty in your booth. But uh, yeah, it just, there's a lot of, com it's very overwhelming if you try to tackle that and it's not your main interest is my is my main point mm -hmm. uh it's it took me years to even take the plunge just to audition really years yeah but i'm also kind of a perfectionist so that's why i said wow. progress not perfection had to become my mantra because otherwise i would never have gotten to that point where i felt ready if you know mm -hmm. what i mean but when you listen to progress? her talking voice katie like when you hear her talking voice mm-hmm immediately like to me it was yeah that that's audiobook material oh really oh well, you do come through very clean and clear very clean well, and clear. thank you well uh, i am sitting in my professional studio true so <laughs> that i would hope but i think too i mean there's just a lot of training too in my in my past i have an acting and singing background so 
I don't know. That affects the way I talk, I'm sure. But um, yeah. I don't know. I'm There's rambling now, guys. Cut me off. At I don't mean. Point. I don't mean to embarrass you. <laughs> oh, I'm not easily embarrassed. I come okay. from theater. Okay. <laughs> there is that element of you have to love what you do in order to continue yeah. doing it because of all of the hiccups and hangups. It's and... a persistence game. Yeah, it is. it is, and it's a labor of love. It's like I'm just too stupidly passionate to to do anything else. Mm. <laughs> I love that. Even at no, my own demise, you, have to. you absolutely have to love what you do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm nothing if not persistent. No, I've just, I've always been a big dreamer and work. I've always worked hard toward my dreams. I just don't give up. So I've, I can I've tell had... she worked hard because the sounds that she made for Dino Rift with my automatopias and dinosaur noises, the first time I heard it when she sent me the sample, I like my jaw dropped and I had this such boyish grin on my face. Like, you know, the first time you saw dinosaurs on TV. And you're just kind of like, holy crap. And when she did that for Dino Rift, I was just like, yeah. Oh, it was so fun. I loved doing the onomatopoeia and and dinosaur noises. Like, how often do you get to do that? Like, exactly. you don't get that opportunity every day. It's not something I really played with that much before, but here it came out of me. And I'm like, oh, I can do this. This is fun. And the so amount of people we're, that we're... love the TikTok we did. I know. Everybody is talking about all the dinosaur noises, which is really fun. <laughs> I know. That was fun. Doing our dino noises. Fun. Yeah. You with your TikToks, Derek. He's so good at it. I know. Crack me up. I, I try to find more time to do more TikToks because I love it. But it's just, ah, I've been so busy with so much. I don't but, do yeah, it every day. I, I don't post the... every day. You do don't some good make stuff, me go though. find them very... and, and play them because you know I will. <laughs> I, know. I did it the last time you came on. I know he's so creative and good at it. I just love it. Yep. Since we've been teasing the this so much, should we play the sample? Let's do it. Yeah. Go yeah. Go for okay. it. All right. Let's listen in. One of the large plant leaves of her bed slipped out from under her. Once EA's eyes adjusted, she noticed tree limbs above her seemed to move past in some kind of interval. It hit her. She was moving. Instead of glancing side to side, her head snapped up. She was being dragged. Oh my god! Mandibles the size of barbecue tongs were crimped around her left foot. A reddish-brown round head hissed with determination once more. EA screamed, No! Help! An eight-foot-long body with multiple legs glided backward. From one end to the other, the legs themselves moved up and down in a smooth motion like twisted, grotesque piano keys. Giant millipede! Over by camp, the shouts woke Vivienne up into a groggy state. It took a moment for the yells to sink in. Her vision cleared as she glanced around. Where EA had slept sat empty, but had left an imprint on the grass. Where did she... Someone help me! Though frightened, Viv shot to her feet. EA, where are you? Is it what I saw last night? Or was that just a dream? In the forest! EA shouted back, grunting and trying her hardest to wriggle free. Being dragged by a freaking bug! Cameron sat up with one eye open. What's going on? Emily's in trouble. Viv rushed over to their captured friend's duffel bag. Maybe the trank gun would work? Up and hobbling over to the edge of the forest, Cam rested against a tree. Tranks may not penetrate. Might need something. A yawn cut him off. A little stronger. Not wanting to waste time, Viv tossed the tranquilizer weapon to him. Try it anyway. We can't lose her. From further into the woods, EA called out, Vivian! Cameron! He stared at the gun in his hands. Nothing like a surge of adrenaline in the morning with a sight of firearms. He set his gaze on the inner forest. We're coming! Leaves and sticks brushed past EA as she continued to thrash. Get off me! Thwack! Her free foot walloped the giant millipede in the head. The oversized arthropod hissed at her. For the most part, it remained undeterred. All its focus remained on keeping hold of the morning human meal. A flick of its strong body rammed her into a boulder. Her ribs struck the hard rock. EA gasped in shock and for air. This thing's gonna kill me. 
Another jostle knocked her clambering body onto her back. As she rolled onto her right side, she managed to glance down to the back end of the huge bug. The rear began disappearing into the ground just before a mossy log. Oh God, no, it's Burrow. A low-lying cycad tree with palm fronds and a trunk resembling a pineapple came up on her right. Like a fish out of water, she lurched her body over and clasped her hands onto the bumpy tree trunk. Every muscle in her body engaged, inducing searing pain due to what must have become a cracked rib on her left side. I can't die this way! Meanwhile, Cam hoped he'd been heading in the right direction. Hey, I need your voice for guidance! Another tug from the millipede made her suck in an agonizing gasp. Over here! Thirty feet at ten o'clock from his position. Almost to you. As he took off, he glanced back for a moment. Where's Viv? The roughness of the plant's bark scuffed against EA's palms. Determined, the giant bug planted its back half and lifted the front half higher into the air. EA's fingernails dug into the tree until shooting pain flared up from under the nails. If she held on, the possibility of her nails getting ripped from their respective fingers would cause even more agony. Otherwise, she'd continue to be at the mercy of the monstrous vermin. Pew! Pew! Two tranks glanced off the insect's armor-like exoskeleton. After firing the shots, Cam stood there. Shock set in. Crap, tranks are useless. Then try! EA's arms and hands grew tired as the millipede lowered its front half and yanked once more. Something else! Face to face with danger, he became paralyzed. I don't know what to do. Do! EA grinded her molars together. Anything! A war cry sounded. From behind a tree, Vivienne sprinted and leaped onto the back of the millipede. Positioned behind its head, she raised a knife and slammed it down with a yell of exertion. Wow. I love it so much. I love it. That was, that it. was brilliant. We did get a question while that was playing. Uh, Susan says, why did you choose that part? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean... I you know what? It. I love I love having an action part. Yeah, that's what I, I I always try to find something that's actionable in the spirit of the novel. And yeah. so this is an adventurous, dangerous, crazy novel. You have these relationships between these teenagers and and Emily Ann. Um, and so, yeah, the danger is there and yeah. the excitement and kind of the interaction between the characters. So I, I feel like I know why Susan asked that, though, because giant bugs giant <laughs> bugs i know that's a major danger in this book major so, danger there was quite a few readers of mine that have been readers for a while and as soon as they got to the bug parts they were they were like vivian who through the book is just like ew they're disgust disgusting huge massive bugs yeah. that i want nothing to do with <laughs> and i almost it was either this scene or i don't want to do spoilers but or the one where they get thrown into the rift it was ah, a yes. it was a tough call but i, I kind of listened to it and i was like you know what i kind of like the flow of this particular part and i didn't feel like it was yep, exactly. giving any spoilers so yeah, yeah. I, I loved it I, I like the way that you add in the feeling there, there's that pause for the narration, but then they, right back into the feeling. I like the sound effects that you're adding to it. That's <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. I love it. Thank I love, you. I can see why Derek was so excited to to bring you on and show you know what you can do. This well, you did an excellent job just on that sample. Oh, the, the one villain that she voices, I I didn't actually write him this way, but his last name is Bartoloni. And Bottle he's like a yeah, Bottoloni. So you got like the New Yorker type mafia type voice. Yeah, he's the New Yorker type. And I loved how much that she did that voice that for the sequel, I specifically did because through Dino Rift, there's a couple of parts where you see things happening in just another part of the world. Like as everything's going on, the rifts are still affecting everything. So in the sequel, I specifically wrote a scene set in New York just so she, if I'm pointing the right way, she can do the New York accent again because I loved it so much. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Yes. There's a there's a Dougie and there's a Ricky, and Ricky doesn't quite like Dougie because Dougie's about to fire her. Uh-oh. Meanwhile, they're Drama. using dinosaur stuff to make the breakfast for people at a cafe. 
And then Ricky takes things into own hands. <laughs> oh boy. Gotta watch out for this one. Exactly. It sounds like you guys had a lot of fun working together on this project. It has been it fun. fun. Yeah. Derek has been a joy to work with. And it's it makes my job easy when the writing and storytelling is so good. Honestly, that's that's most of it. Because it's a trudge. Like I've narrated some things where I'm like, this is so not great. And you're trying to love you have to fall in love with the process, no matter what. But mm -hmm. he makes it e easy because I love it. It's like such a fun Hope story. So. I feel like it needs to be out in the world. And yeah, I had, yeah, I had a great time. So it's still hard work. Don't get me wrong. But it, he well, makes you had to learn dinosaur name pronunciation. Yeah, that that gave me a couple of <laughs> Giganotosaurus. That was yep. the hardest one for me. I wanted yep. to say Giganotosaurus. But I had to retrain my brain to think Giganotosaurus. And actually, I thought of you every time because I'm like, Canada, Giganida. Giganida. <laughs> Yes, this is how I trained my brain. Okay. I think of Gigantosaurus, okay. like Canada, okay. not Giganotosaurus. What did I say before? Gigantosaurus. Which made more sense yeah. to my brain for some reason. Yeah. How many outtakes did you end up with? A million. <laughs> oh, she, did, she did post some on TikTok. So bad. Yeah. It, he was like, yeah, why don't you post your live recording? And I'm like, Derek, you don't even real. And and so I'm like, okay, I'll do a section. I'll start this. I'm recording. I'll set it up fine. And of course, like two seconds in, I made make a mistake and I keep making the mistake over and over. And then I lose my place and I have it all caught on TikTok on the video. Yeah. That was legit real time. That was not staged. That is like really what happens. But I, I was saying that because I see audiobook narrators just literally go live on TikTok. So That's people can, and you know what? The amount of times they mess up is It plenty. does happen. Oh, sure. It, like, it happens to the best of us. Yeah. I think I, a lot of times I think I'm just so in the zone too, that I wouldn't think to stream it. And I also, I would feel like I would want to plan it. Maybe it's my perfectionist planner controlling nature of like, I don't want to give spoilers at the wrong time or, right. or maybe I need to edit it or I don't know, but it's a nice idea. I can work toward being more authentic with the process. So on my other screen, I have TikTok open. Is there a particular oh, no. one I should I should pull up? You should do the dinosaur noise one. You could do the dinosaur noise one. That one okay. is, fun. is Which one is that? Because it's basically me saying to Izzy that we should, you know, talk about like, when... Let's do an interview. Yeah. Yeah, like... you'll see. Let's see what it, that one's called. What's that one called, Derek? Uh, let me see here. Turn down my volume. That one is called. She's got to find it. My Dino Rift narrator. And I've got my headphones on. I've got it on mine too. Yeah. If you can't find it. That's the last one I posted on mine. Because I have not posted enough things lately. <laughs> I don't know what TikTok looks like on computer. Oh, I don't know. Oh. That one? It's That's there. the That's one. That's the one. A little quiet though. Yeah. Sounds not great. I love that part. <laughs> That's my favorite part out of the whole thing. When you get the facial expressions going there, I I lost it. <laughs> I love it so much. So I filmed my part first. I sent it to her and I said, just just play around with like the timing and stuff and just make whatever noises you want. And when she sent yeah, that I back, did that I was like, all organically in one take. I was just like, I'm just going to do a bunch of dinosaur noises and you can do with it what you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy you're game to do that stuff with me. Like, oh, I, for sure. Yeah. I appreciate that you are an author who obviously is passionate about your baby, your work as an author and you're getting it out there in fun mm -hmm. ways. And I, it's your baby. And I get that. And I love that. And that's a huge thing 
when, you know, we were kind of talking about taking a gamble where it's like, this is my passion. Of course, I want to narrate all indie authors books. There's so many good ones that deserve to sell well and have success. But I also have to think about my time as a business. Mm -hmm. And when I'm, you know, doing that gamble for something, it means a lot to me when the author is making an effort to get it out there, you know? Um, and I, I believe in this book and I wanted to, to narrate it. You know, I actually reached out to Derek. He didn't reach out to me. I, I was, was just like, about to say, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was like, I love this book and I want, I wanted to narrate this book. Yeah. And we're part um, of a group on Facebook called, well, at the time it was superheroes unleashed. Now it's superpowers yeah. unleashed. Yeah. And I yeah, I just, when she said, you know, I would love to narrate, narrate Dino Rift. I just went, really? <laughs> Yeah. Like, you think this is good enough? Like, I don't know. Of People course. have always said my it's books great. would be good for audiobook, but I just. Yes, it's very dynamic. It's great storytelling. It deserves to get out there. And I saw your passion for it, too. And that's a big selling point. And, and yeah, that just means a lot to me. Like, I, I don't want my efforts to go un unappreciated, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, I want somebody who has as much passion as I do. For, for the work they do makes and, a difference it for granted yeah absolutely so i i want to honor the deserving authors out there oh. you know if that makes any sense you're trying yeah. to make me cry yeah i mean go ahead <laughs> we've already embarrassed me plenty oh, of times well, in this yeah. i still have tiktok <laughs> open so you know <laughs> no honestly like it people have said that about my books and that they should be audiobooks and all all these years since like I first released Ultimate Agent in 2017, I was just like, I probably can't afford it. Like, I don't know, you know, how do I go about it? I didn't even have to really audition anyone. Like Izzy sent me her sample, and it was as soon as I heard the sample, I went, This is the voice. Oh. If you build it, they will come. It's like yeah. it, it just yeah, the really? stars aligned for you on that one. Yeah, yeah, I felt it was a special book and it was something I, I wanted to audition for. So I'm glad Aww. that you felt I was the right fit, you know. Especially yeah. because when you hear her do the voice of Vivian, it is Izzy. It's me. I just play Vivian as me, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, that's me. I'm like the sarcasm, the, the yeah, the snark. Yeah, that's yeah. very me. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. That's perfect because when you connect with a character, you can definitely emote them. Oh, I better. love Vivian. She was immediately my favorite character. And yeah. I love all the characters. He does great character development. And but I, I was like, I am Vivian. Yep. Was there me. a character though that you were like <sighs> like as in I despise or I just don't want to play? No, you just despise them. Mm, well, Bottoloni, of course. He's like, he's yeah. the villain. And I actually, I like Sebastian's character arc because at first you're like, ugh, Sebastian, corporate greedy asshole. But then, yeah, he has a really nice character arc, which I appreciate. I like when people have the potential for change as they go through things and stories. So he does. I won't spoil it, but yeah. well, you I think have a well-rounded character. They they have to start at one point and end somewhere different. Yes, yes. everybody grows as a spot. result. And I felt that these characters really do have that that development throughout this book so yeah it's and good. Derek how's the reception been I mean I know it, it it prompted you to write the second book so it obviously was good but you know I mean, it's it's a strange thing of I didn't know how many people would still want a dinosaur book at this point in time thankfully Jurassic Park has kept the love of dinosaurs alive. <laughs> but um yeah it, it, it's it's such a different Compared to my superhero books, Dino Rift has been a very different experience. And I don't really know how to put it into words, but it, it has literally humbled me how many people have said, this is dinosaurs in a way I have never seen before. Aww. And it is now, like one, one guy on TikTok just said, you've made my top two books. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And Aww. it's just, you hear stuff like that and you're going, really? <laughs> really? There's something truly magical about dinosaurs. And I, I, for one, am somebody like I, my favorite thing to do is like, I love going to dinosaur exhibits and looking at mm. the bones of dinosaurs. I'm like, this existed. This is a creature that existed on our past. And I'm just, I can stand there and stare for hours because it's amazing. Yeah. So right. To be immersed in this world, 
I don't think we can get enough dinosaur stories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and especially because you have a different take on it, and it's fun. It's action packed, and it's yeah, it's kind of like a Jurassic Park experience revamped with into a twist. something new with a twist. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'll never forget too because there was a blogger that posted her TikTok as soon as she finished the book, and she had like tears on her face, and she just goes, "Hold on, we need to talk about this for a minute." And she's like, I need more of this world. I love that there was onomatopoeias and dinosaur noises. And she's like, and she tried to do her own pterodactyl noise type thing. Uh -huh. And it was awesome. <laughs> but even just, and I've said this in other interviews too, like to hear parents or have them message me and say, my kid read your book twice. Or, you know, they're, they're saying they're taking it to school. They're telling their friends. It's like, what? What other experience that is, is the there like that? Biggest compliment in the world. And I've had that same experience, Derek. And I, I got to tell you, it keeps me going because mm. I, I know I was in a, a musical. I think I was like 16. I was young and I was cast as like this, like, okay, it was Moby Dick the musical, which is ridiculous. And I was Queequeg, which is even more ridiculous. And as you already know, because of my singing background, I usually play the, the blonde soprano who does oh. the, like the color turn of thing. And here I'm like this cannibal male belting role. That's <laughs> like, right, like out of left field. And my director was really hard on me. And she pulled me aside and she said, Izzy, you will be typecast your entire life as the blonde soprano. And she's like, I know you can do more. So I'm going to push you in this role. So I had a hard time. And then months later, I mean, like at least six months, maybe a year, I was in the lobby of this theater and a mom came up to me and she said, were you Queequeg in Moby Dick the musical? And I said, yeah. Wow. And she said, my six-year-old daughter saw that show and she idolized your character. And every day she dresses up in leopard print and gets her little stick for her staff and sings your songs and dances around. And it was like the Disney princess effect. I was That's like, amazing. I was her Disney princess. Oh, and that, that was such so a cool. hard role for me because it was so out of my comfort zone. And that just meant the world to me. So, yeah, when you're out of we were talking about being out of your comfort zone and stretching yourself and having a hard time. And I'm like, why were the cast as this? Like, this is so hard. It's so not me. And it just was beautiful. So, Derek, I feel that, you know, when when people's kids are inspired, what a beautiful power to have as it's a like, creative, I, as an I, artist. Yeah. And in this, like you said earlier, the age of technology and the way things have changed, like and you it's can. It's accessible. Yeah. yeah like people can actually message their favorite author now. Yeah, I know. And that's just tell them how thing. much it means to them. And that's something that I never thought I would be that type of author. And how many people aren't saying how it affects them too? Like these yeah. these are the small percentage of people who are saying, hey, this minute made an impact on me. And imagine all the people who aren't even saying that and it has. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of art. Art saves lives. It inspires. It it lights a fire yeah. in us. Art certainly has saved my life, and and it's my journey, my passion, you know. And it's, yeah. that's a cool thing, you know. I actually have customers that come back to the store that have bought the first book, and they keep asking me, "When's the sequel coming? When's the sequel coming?" That's so cool. <laughs> and then that's they actually really get special. to see me in person. I'm just like. Like the one, she used to be a teacher. Uh, she bought two other copies for two other family members, sent them down to the States. And she goes, both of them have said they love them. Hmm. And then for her, because she used to be a teacher and, you know, taught English and everything, she goes, your book was so different that, I mean, I thought certain things were going to happen and then it didn't happen the way I thought it was going to go. And she said, to me, it was just so unique and differently done that, it's not, it's like nothing I've actually read We tend read to expect before. a certain narrative, you know, True. because of the formula. So yeah, it, it can be pleasantly surprising when it's done yeah. artfully in an unexpected way. expectations in right. just the and right just way. just immerse yourself into this yeah. experience, yeah. But I literally nerded out over Dino Rift with this customer for half an hour in my store. <laughs> That's cool. And it was, just, it was such an experience. I'm just going like, this, this, is, this is part of my life. I know. It's <laughs> my life now. What? Weird. It's so weird. And you get to sell more olive oil while you're at it, which True. is a, a bonus. True. Just, <laughs> now, does olive oil make an appearance in the books? Has it bled into uh, your writing life? You know what's funny is there's actually a scene in the <laughs> last Ultimate Agent book 
where there's a couple of guards walking down a hallway and I have them doing a little bit of dialogue and the one says to the other guy, so we should probably do like a double date sometime soon. I heard there's like an olive oil tasting place nearby. <laughs> as you know, I put, I put food in. in my books. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as you, you have should. to put those cheeky little bits in. Yeah. Of course, of it's course. Even, of if, yeah. even if the characters have to resort to eating bugs in the prehistoric forest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with Vivian on that one. No way. <laughs> no. Gross. You need your nope. protein. Nah. <sighs> like I said before we started recording, any kind of like post-apocalyptic, I'm just dead. I consider no. me dead no, right me off too. the bat because it's not working. I know. I like my creature comforts. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. Not even like chocolate covered crickets. Yeah, I might no. try that. I might try Maybe. that. But what happens when you run out of the chocolate? Mm. Right. I know. See? I'll. I try to be adventurous, so I, I like to say I'll try anything once. So, maybe... Katie, you'd be the one that say, "Oh yeah, there's a there's a a jar of grasshoppers there. The chocolate's already gone, though." <laughs> I did try. Oh, what happened to chocolate? Escargot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is okay. I guess that's. I do like escargot. I heard that's really salty. I haven't tried it. It's kind it has of buttery. to be done right. Yeah, it's like buttery. I don't know. Kind of, it's just kind of like a spread. I put the it on toast to fool myself. Those, it's texture. I, texture. I, the texture yeah. gets me. I can eat something that may taste delicious, but if the texture is wrong, it's just. Yeah. Well, that's why I put it on a piece of toast because I was like, it's a spread. <laughs> that makes sense. I like that. Yeah. I had to trick myself because, yeah, eating bugs, not my yeah. idea of fun. But my wife will okay. eat shrimp, but my wife hates scallops. That's huh? really weird. Scallops are deal- delicious. I know. I love scallops. But for her, she can handle shrimp because she used to eat shrimp when she was a I kid. Think I think shrimp is way grosser than scallops. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Just got like the vein. No, well, shrimp's got a more meaty texture to it than scallops. I think yeah. shrimp would be easier to to take in because that that softer, mushier texture tends to be the the gag reflex inducing. Like all I seafood, though, good. it has to be cooked right. Like it, yes, once you overcook it, then it's just chewy. It's just no, yes, gross, indeed. Though, if you do ever want to, you know, make an exit at your company with style, you can just put mm-hmm. some fish in the microwave mm-hmm. and leave. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. We have a toaster oven, but same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shrimps are better, yeah. Peace. <laughs> they won't get rid of I that smell for a while. <laughs> I'll never forget. Have you ever had monkfish? I have not, no. So monkfish is one of the ugliest fish out in the out in the ocean. Totally, yeah. But I had the tail in Italy on the Amalfi Coast, and it was so fishy smelling, my mom had to leave the table. Oh, I didn't like, even know people ate monkfish. I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Yeah, but it was does wrapped. It taste in, good if you can get it. Was past it? Your nose? Was it good? Yeah, it was, was it wrapped good? in bacon. It was delicious. I anything I wrapped it. in bacon. Hold on. Hold it on. was wrapped in bacon with like wild rice and and mm. I think peas was in there too. Like it was delicious, but the okay. smell, the smell mm. just like. Well, it's just yeah. like a stinky cheese. Like if you can get past yeah. the aroma and get to the experience, <sighs> I I could see how yep. that could work. Yeah. Yeah. I love me a stinky cheese. Yeah, Never I met a cheese I don't like. Reaction to dairy. So if it stinks oh, too much, I mean, I'm dairy. allergic to it, but I friggin' love it. So, <laughs> it's so good. The one use, sacrifice you'll make. I know. I used I to do. use chocolate milk to get out of school when I was little. Oh, because I knew it would make it would me make it would you make sick. me throw up. Oh. And so I was like, "Watch this!" Oh. A little carton of milk. Whoops. Start spewing in the nurse's office. Call oh, the mom. No. Take her home. But you still I got just chocolate. lied like every other normal kid. I didn't have a convenient barf mechanism <laughs> like that. I just lied. I didn't come across it though easily. Like it, uh, I had to learn that that would work, and then I just used it to my advantage. Right. I just learned how to lie. Maybe that's the actor in me. I was like, I know how to tell. Yeah, them. right. I'm sick. <laughs> it's like Mean Girls. <laughs> Can't go to school today. I've got the black black lung pops. <laughs> the plague. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Uh, Where no. were we? Where were we? Uh, I don't even know. Books. I'm I'm excited to see more more reviews as they come in for this audiobook because yes, and guys, Izzy deserves to have her voice Aww. out there everywhere. Well, thank Aww. you. And and yeah. as always, I am a big proponent of encouraging anybody who listens to an indie produced audiobook or reads an indie book please please review it means Mm -hmm. the world it is just that 
minute you take to write a review, it and it means doesn't so even much. have to so be a huge review. I liked mm-hmm. it five stars. You can I say right, yeah, I loved it, liked it. It was cool. I like dinosaurs. Whatever. Like you don't have to put a whole lot of effort into it, but it makes a huge difference. Yeah, you don't need to do a book report. No, it doesn't novel. have to be. No, we, we the authors have already done that. So all you have to right. do is just give your stamp of approval on it. Exactly. Yes. Speaking yeah. of, what is the funniest review that you've ever gotten? Are there any good one-liners that you've read in reviews? Uh, not a one-liner, but one that kind of surprised me was it started off as, I'm the guy that hardly reads anything, but I love this. <laughs> it was my wife that bought me this book, and I read it, and it was actually really good. <laughs> like, if I can get a husband that doesn't read often to like a book. Hey cool <laughs> right there's your gold star i wish i could remember i'm i'm really like i mentioned this earlier i'm bad at remembering things i a lot of times it's good not to pay attention to reviews and i'll read them sometimes and i'll laugh and then i just kind of forget about it i guess i don't have room in my brain to hold on to these things so i'd have to go back and dig but i know i've had some funny ones where i've laughed and go ha, ha, okay mm. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, I laugh at the bad reviews now. That's oh, what yeah, yeah, you learned yeah. bad ones. Yeah. yeah. That's like, my they, point. Yeah. You get bad ones and you're like, okay. Yeah. They hurt a little bit, but <laughs> then when they're funny, it, it kind of eases the pain. It yeah, it does get to be funny. And that's the other thing is like, okay, if you really hate something and it's an indie thing, maybe hold it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I just don't have the heart to do it because I understand how much that means to an indie author. But uh, I'm not saying you can't say anything bad. I'm just like, I don't know. You want to use your energy If it's constructive criticism, good. great. Yes, that's mm-hmm. what I always agree with. Oh, and yeah. that is why I do read my reviews is because I do look for something insightful. Um, so that I can find. But if you're just railing on something for the sake of being negative oh, yeah. and a troll, then it's like. Ugh, I have one where she was basically saying, did everyone who gave him reviews were like his family or best friends or what? Okay. I'm like. So what if it was <laughs> like, I like to get to know my readers and make them my friends. Like yeah. that's, that's the great thing we're, about being an author today. To do that well, we're often. here yeah. to connect. Like, isn't that the whole point exactly. of storytelling is to connect. So yep. you, the goal is to connect through your storytelling, through your book and, and what a beautiful extension to be able to connect in the real world as well. If somebody yep. has enjoyed it and maybe taken something from that novel piece of art, yep. audiobook, whatever it is. So, yeah, whatever. People just like to rain on your parade and there will always be those people. So. Yeah. Like I would have loved to have been able to speak to Michael Creighton and Ooh. be his friend because the way he his yeah. mind worked is just it blows me away every time. Like they're still finding stuff on his computers that he had half written that are waiting to be finished. Like I just finished the Andromeda Evolution, the sequel to Andromeda Strain not too long ago. And you can still tell where it kind of ended with him and the next author continued on. But I mean, sadly, when he passed away from cancer, it was just one of those things where I had already read Jurassic Park at that point and Jurassic World and all these other books. And I'm going, we've just lost a great author. Like I wish the art dies. Yeah. I mean, it lives on after them, what they put out in the world. But imagine all the untold stories. Yeah. And that's another thing that, I mean, we as artists, are paralyzed by our perfection and our desire, you know, cause it is scary to put yourself out there. You will get criticism. I don't care how good it is. You will get criticized. Mm-hmm. There's going to be haters. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're so scared of that. And yet there's those, you have your, your fans, like those people who get you, not everybody's going to get you. Yeah. Not everybody's going to appreciate what nope. you do. You can't be everything to everyone, but you'll find those people that, that speak your language Mm-hmm. And to them, you're special. And for that, it's worth getting your art out there. And, and it's interesting so you say that. paralyzed by that fear. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I've felt that paralyzing thing writing the sequel mm. to Dino Rip. I mean, because I think every artist, love it. Yeah, because yeah. you're scared. That's yeah. Well, yeah. And then you have like Orson Welles. It's like, how can you top making after yeah. you <laughs> Like yeah. your your opus is like the, the yeah. first thing you've ever made is the best and then you could never top it. But you know everything's gonna be held up against it. So it but becomes a we're our own know, worst critics to be. We are, with. we are like we and be harder on ourselves mm-hmm. than the world will be. So as we're writing and, and Derek, I'm sure you, you are feeling this with the reception of the first book, you know it has to be 
better than that because they're expecting that. And so you're going to be nitpicking yourself even harder. So yeah. I, I get it. I, I can totally empathize with the pressure you're feeling. I, yeah. I I just try to throw away expectations at this point. I mean, just to experience and being present in that world, I think is exciting. And That's so to, to be able to extend that, you know, you've created a magical world and people want to sit in that. So release the pressure. You know, I had to adopt the mantra. So what? For mm -hmm. a long time. Just like, so what? Yep. So what? So what? So what? So what? Because so you just put it out there. Yeah. You know, Keep you never know. Too. You can't control anything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And keep right. in mind, too, if you're having fun writing it, it will we'll come through in the words. And it. that's exactly. it because they're like, I'm a pantser, right? So I know where I have to get to. It's just kind of filling in the in-between parts. So sure. there have been chapters where it's like, oh, how do I make this character get to here? And then I finally get there and then I get to the chapter that I just absolutely love digging into. Like I just had one two days ago that I, I pulled everything out and it was exciting. I'm actually pulling a little bit of espionage into this one. Okay. And it was just this twist that was so exciting for me. And now I feel that jumping off point of I'm, I'm back in this. So having finding the joy. Yeah, right, always lead the with biggest joy. part. So. And let it be organic. Don't force it. You yep. know, if you got to take a break, don't don't hold yourself to like these yep. tough expectations. Do something else creative and yeah. then it'll come. Have know. a life. We talked about exactly. that. Yeah. yeah like balance. It's, important, it's important to have that work-life balance and release yeah. those ex expectations and pressure on okay, yourself. Raise your hand if you actually have work-life balance. <laughs> yep. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. It's a work it's in true, progress. It's true though. You do, you do need the work-life balance. And I think those of us who are passionate about what we do and love what we do that line is so blurred it's it hard is. to figure out yeah i used to work seven days a week you know as many hours as i could you know until i was exhausted and couldn't continue and now i am trying to implement work hours like i can only do work in this lot of time and then i need to go enjoy time with my family and my friends mm -hmm. and make dinner and clean the house and actually do responsible adult things right. sometimes yes. i don't know but uh it is adulting what adulting whoever told me i was <laughs> responsible <laughs> as an adult stupid. i know <laughs> i need a babysitter <laughs> it's always the worst when i'm sitting at like the kitchen island and my wife's telling me something and then at some point she just stops and goes you're thinking about your book again aren't you always i have to stop that it's and that so reminds me of like never give up on something you can't go a day without thinking about and it's like, mm -hmm. as these artists, we're so passionate about something. And I, I see so many artists are stalled and in mm -hmm. despair. And it's like, don't give up on it. Do it. But then find the balance. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Mm -hmm. I think we have this, like, huge dichotomy of, like, expectations about what being an artist means. And it doesn't mean you have to make money off of it. Yep. It does it. Hustle culture. Yep. Hustle culture. I know. It's this whole, it is. And it's like, no, you don't have to be successful. What does that mean? You can yeah. define your own definition for success. I love that there was a quote, uh, Brandon Cranston said it, I don't know if it originated from him, but he said, never define success with an outcome you cannot, uh, control. Mm. Success cannot be an outcome like that. that is not in your control. That's a good one. Yeah. So if it's about making a lot of money, no. can <laughs> you, can you make your book sell a million copies? Can you make it? No, it's not in your control. Yeah. So don't define success that way. Yeah. Well, I've had people say to me, like, I love how much success you're having with Dino Rift. And every time I always say success is relative. It is. Yeah. You know, what you think is success is totally different from me. Well, and like, a lot if of I people... sell a million copies, great. If not, then, I mean, Dino Rift will do whatever it will do. Exactly. People love your book. That, that can be that's a huge success. success. Yeah. yeah. I, it, you never know. It, just to touch one person exactly. is an incredible power. You never know. And, and I mean, a lot of people go their whole lives dreaming of just writing one book. So you've definitely done that. You've written more than one book, you know, and now you've had it, had one produced into an audiobook. People, you have audiences who are engaging with you. Like there's so many elements of beauty and success in this process that a lot of people just don't take the time to appreciate. And I think that's important as artists to remind ourselves to enjoy the process. It's a yeah. labor of love. Like. Focus mm -hmm. on the love. Don't focus on yeah. the love. Yeah, right. Yeah.
Well, I'm happy to pull you along on this journey with me now. Oh yeah. You're not, you're not pulling me. We're no, side by side. Side by side. We're chums. You can definitely tell yeah. that there is, there's a mutual level of passion for this project. I love that because totally. it will come through. It comes through in the narration. It comes through in, in the writing and that's going to be yeah. what makes people really connect with it. I Thank already you. have the audiobook cover made for the Dino Riff sequel with he does. Isabella Tugman attached to it. I know. He, he went out and made that so fast. <laughs> May, May 10th. May 10th. That's too long. Don't have it's that kind really of patience. I need it now. <laughs> now. I'll I've send it to you patience. after. I can't, I can't do that. I, I have to know now. I have to have all the information now. It's an coming. It's coming. I can't wait. I, now, when is it going to be released? Do we have potential dates I'm yet? I'm hoping by the summer. Okay. I'm hoping by summer if I can get my button gear and, now, and are crank you, out. Summer's not too far away. So that usually means that people are starting their advertising, marketing, reach out to others, campaigns within what three months of release is the average so are you already starting to build that that street team kind of feel to get the word out i do have my street team yeah uh i've been putting out little tease images of what the cover looks like just for the ebook um but i'm doing something different this time because i've seen some authors do this and i've never done it before so i'm just gonna see what happens but i'm probably just gonna drop it and be like it's out wow still have you know okay adding things along the way like just to tease everybody and then just say you know what it's here and see what happens yeah let it be organic yeah yeah i mean don't don't push yourself give it no and let it surprise we want it to be good and yeah i mean take your time that because you've already got a a lot of buzz about it so that that could work in your favor and it does take the pressure of trying to do the marketing off, which we've talked ad nauseum on the show about the marketing yeah. and the struggles with marketing and the chasing the algorithms and all that. So, but I yeah. think I, I really, and I mentioned this before, but I really appreciate the zest and joy with which Derek approaches that because it's not about sales. Nobody wants to be sold to. We want to have fun. We want to enjoy mm-hmm. this journey. And I feel like you do a good job of that with your TikTok videos and your creativity. And yeah, like people want to watch funny dinosaur noise videos. Like they don't want to be yeah. like, hey, buy Dino Rift now. Sale, sale, sale. Yeah. Like, well, you've yeah. seen all the Maybe. funny dinosaur memes I post in my Facebook group. Oh, yeah. And that's great. <laughs> like, who doesn't love dinosaur memes? And a lot They're of people want to like share those level, too. But... No, but yeah. that's great. And it keeps people engaged in a way that actually adds value instead of is just selling people something. You're yeah. being real. You're being it's a community. legitimately it's real. you. And that yeah. connects with people way better than trying Absolutely. to sell them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. <sighs> no, well, it's. Fine. Uh, we'll have to wait to get the information. <sighs> May 10th. It's too far. May 10th. May 10th. It's not that far. It's only, what, three weeks? That's coming up. <laughs> That's why I was like, you're putting a deadline on yourself. You're brave. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Good for you. Yeah. Just for the Just for the cover reveal. Oh, the cover. Oh, I'm not, the I'm not cover saying May 10th get... is right. like. So you are. Release. I thought you were talking like you're going to put the book under the. I'm like, no, oh, no, no, no. Ambitious. no. Yes. No, no. The cover is already done. So in yeah. that case, you're right. The, and I'm, yeah, I'm guessing because you, you went with Molly again, didn't you? I did. Oh, God, she does I such did. good work. I love And Molly. what she did with the cover, because I've put the cover side. It's actually my my laptop background. What she did with the cover is when you put the two books side by side, it just it's it it's like its own ah, image. I so love cool. that. I love when books do that. Cool. She's awesome. Oh, I I yeah. absolutely love her as a cover artist. And and Beautiful. I was going to say something about that because we we've seen the passion that you guys have for this project, but it's it goes beyond that. You Derek have always been somebody who uplifts. You always share the good about everybody that you connect with. And that right there is something that we all need to be doing. We all need to be remembering and recognizing those we work with and helping to spread the word so that these good people that we work with get the ability to get more work. And that feeds the system that keeps everybody working, keeps everybody able to live this life, you know, and create like we need to. Plus, we're on this podcast with like one of the greatest hosts ever. <laughs> Jane's not here today. Okay. Sorry. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I don't know why they kept calling you train wreck I was just now. Nah, oh, no, that's like me. one of the that's, best ever. 
That was from my character for one of my books. Oh, Captain is that? Trainwreck. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I understand that the reference name. Okay. Yeah, and That's I totally cool. embrace it. I I am Captain <laughs> Trainwreck. <laughs> no. No. I'm just happy that people have chosen to work with me on these projects like Izzy. Like Izzy is a good friend now. So just grow the yeah, bookish family. Of, exactly. It's, it becomes a family. We're all storytellers together working in the cause of good. I still have to finish <laughs> The Lost City Vat. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I still have to finish one. that. Lost in the City of Vat. That's a really crazy one. If you want to hear character voices. Woo! I love your voices in that so far. Thank you. That was actually my first audiobook. It took me a long time. Okay. Yeah. That was my first one. Okay. And probably the hardest one I will ever do because of all the character Harder voices. Harder than it dinosaur noises? Oh, so hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's a million characters. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And I all was right. learning production. Oh, we got to wrap it up. The, we're at the end of the hour, so we do have to say goodbye. But I will make sure to put all of your links in the show notes down below. So that way people know where to find you, how to get in touch with you, and how to find those awesome TikTok videos. Until okay. then, though, um, Derek, get in touch with me because I want to get you Will back do. for when we uh, we do your your next book release. Izzy, you too. We got to bring you guys it. back. The yeah. Isabella Tugman. The you guys Isabella have such Tugman. wonderful personality. I love it. I just absolutely love your energy, your personality. So when the next book comes out, you guys are coming back. So we will arrange Thank that for, for all of our, our viewers out there. We'll be back next week with more authors to introduce you to, some more fun conversation. And like I said, remember, check the show notes after we're done here for all the important links. Cool. Thank you. Have Thank fun. you, guys. You have you been guys. absolutely amazing. I, I just, ugh. Oh. This has been fun. This is really Good cool. vibes. Good vibes all around. Good vibes. All the good vibes. <laughs> all right. We'll see y'all later. See you guys. Bye.